Greetings, friend, and welcome back to the Wayfair Podcast, and Happy New Year. Hope you enjoyed your holidays. It's the beginning of 2023, and our chapter today journey continues in the book of 1 Kings, chapter 20, where we are today. Verse 34, that resonated with me. It says, I will return the cities my father took from your father, Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, offered. You can set up your own market areas in Damascus, just as my father did in Samaria. King Ahab of Israel said, on the basis of a treaty, I will set you free. So he made a treaty with him and let him go. Today's podcast is entitled, The God Commerce. Over the years, my amateur genealogical and historic studies have led me to better understand or try to better understand the Dutch heritage that I inherited on the paternal side of my DNA and my family experience. Dutch culture is a fascinating study for a number of reasons. And in the 1600s, the Dutch were arguably the wealthiest nation on earth because, number one, they're a small country and they had these Dutch trading ships going all over the world, dominating the seas. Amsterdam became a hub of global trade and commerce. Dutch bankers in Amsterdam became bankers to the entire world. At the same time in history, an intense rift dominated the spiritual and political landscape. The Protestant Reformation had led to entrenched rivalries and wars between Roman Catholics and Protestant reformers. The Dutch, much like Other European nations had citizens in both camps zealously holding to their differing religious beliefs. I once read a historian who declared that the reason the humanistic Dutch Catholics and the pious Dutch reformers got along was that both religious camps ultimately cared more about the commerce that was making both camps increasingly wealthy. Catholics and reformers argued it was business and the money it generated that acted as the tiebreaker and the peacemaker. Today's chapter deals with a dispute between the king of Aram and King Ahab of the northern king of Israel. Israel, somewhat like the Dutch culture of a thousand years later in history, was spiritually divided between those who clung to the God of Abraham, Moses, and David and those who were committed to the plethora of local and regional pagan deities. Now, Underneath the obvious events of the chapter today lies a political undercurrent that many readers miss. See, it was all about trade and the subsequent wealth that it generated. Israel had key strategic ports on the Mediterranean along with treaties with Tyre and Phoenicia, that were incredibly lucrative. Aram was landlocked, and the king of Aram wanted access to those trade routes. The reason that both the king of Aram and the king of Israel were so quick to surrender to one another was the same reasoning that existed between the Dutch Catholics and the Protestants. There was still a lot of money to be made and a lot of wealth to be enjoyed by both kings if they formed an alliance. But this arrangement is spiritually revealing. 
Ahab and the kings of Israel have been operating under a spiritual policy of appeasement. The king and officials allowed the prophets of God and those loyal to the God of Moses to do their thing, which is why we have the group of prophets mentioned in today's chapter. However, they freely ascribed to the local and regional pagan gods because why? Doing so was good for political alliances and lucrative trade deals with other kingdoms. At the end of the chapter, God speaks through a prophet to call out Ahab regarding his complicity. Ahab cared more about trade, political aspiration, and wealth than he did about the things of God. In the quiet this morning, I can't help but feel the resonance between my cultural heritage and the story in today's chapter. Art historians claim that a key to Rembrandt's rise to artistic prominence in Holland in the 1600s was his ability to create portraits of wealthy Dutch Protestants that portrayed them in all of their religious piety while hinting at their immense wealth. Reminds me of a local resident of my town, my friend knows, who drives around our small town in his humble old Buick. But his vacation home in Arizona has a garage filled with extravagant luxury cars and motorcycles. Well, this ultimately leads me to ask myself about my own priorities. Jesus taught that my heart would be where my treasure is. So what is it? I most treasure. And where does that treasure lie? Good questions to kick off a new year. I hope you have a great day, my friend. We'll be back here tomorrow.